Would you stand for the reading of the Gospel of Jesus Christ? May he be in our thinking, in our speaking, and in our hearts. Reading today from Matthew 14, 22 through 23. Immediately he made the disciples to get into the boat and go on ahead on the other side. And while he dismissed the crowds, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When the evening came, he was there alone. But by the time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart! It is I! Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Then Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. <clears throat> We are thankful for the blessing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above you, heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your talents. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Beautiful rendition. And thank you all for all that you do. <clears throat> I want to talk to you a little bit about fear today and how our fears are often so real. Sometimes phobias, what's the difference between a phobia and a fear? Well, a phobia may be just a fear of something that may not really exist, but we all have fears. How do we face our fears? What do we do with our fears? I read a lot from, as you know, I, I read a lot from King Duncan and from Brett Blair and Leonard Sweet, so I want to give them credit uh, for a lot of what they uh, put out there for us, we pastors to read. And so uh, they make my life a whole lot easier uh, and others. But in the story of creation found in the book of Genesis, we read where Adam and Eve had partaken of the forbidden fruit, something which had been specifically denied them. 
And they knew that God was looking for them, but what did they do? They hid, didn't they? And so they literally hid. Why did they hide from God? They knew they did something wrong, and so they were fearful of what God might do to them. Adam said, God, I, I was afraid. I think the story reminds us that fear is so basic to who we are as humans. If there's anybody who says they're not afraid of anything, I tend to believe that they're not completely telling the truth or they're not completely sane. <laughs> so one, one of the two things. Maybe you think you're not afraid and maybe you should be at times. There seems to be no limit to our fears. And you know, I love the Peanuts cartoon. Uh, and Charlie Brown is always going, hearing about, and all the different characters. And in one uh, strip, Charlie Brown goes to Lucy and she gives a nickel's worth. She's got this little stand, like a, a, a lemonade stand, and she's giving uh, psychiatric help. She proceeds to point out particular fear to Charlie Brown, and he was perplexed of what was going on with himself. And so she said, perhaps you have uh, hypogeophobia, I think I said that right, which she says you may have, and it's the fear of responsibility. Charlie Brown says, no, that's not it. And then he says, well, she says, maybe you have alluroophobia, which is the fear of cats. I know y'all don't have that. So, and then she says, well, maybe you have climacophobia, which is the fear of staircases or climbing. I used to not have any fear of staircases, but when I missed those bottom four stairs and landed on my back, a few years ago with a box in my hand when I glanced over to see the, the uh, score between Georgia and Georgia Tech as I was bringing Christmas decorations down. It was close to that time. It was a big mess. It's a wonder that I'm still here. Hit the back of my head. But <clears throat> there's another word for, for being afraid of going down the stairs or falling down the stairs. So Charlie Brown was exasperated, and Lucy says, well, maybe you have pontophobia, which is the fear of everything. And Charlie Brown said, that's it. I'm afraid of everything. There is a term and, uh, that uh, called phobophobia, which is the fear of fear. You might remember FDR said the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. And what he was basically saying is you got a good case of uh, phobophobia. You're afraid of fear. Sometimes we feel like we're afraid of everything. We are afraid of ourselves. We're afraid of people. We're afraid of the future. We're afraid of our past. We are afraid of life. We are afraid of death. Every person, every Christian must fight and face their own fears. Even Paul talked about fear. And he talked about when he came in to Macedonia and fears from within and fears from that. Where did we hear that? That's in 
just as I am. And I often wonder where that line came from. But fears from within and fears from without, it's a scriptural thing. We can see that there were those who were fear, uh, had fear and were afraid. But then there were those in history and Christians who showed great peace at times where they should have been afraid and maybe even facing death. We know that uh, in the records uh, of, of Roman doctors that, that many Christians, and I told you, were thrown to the lions or put on poles and set a fire that they wrote that we had never seen the likes of this before. People dying with peace. Even uh, Bishop Candler, who Candler Theological School, or School of Theology at Emory, is named after, on his deathbed, he was asked, are you afraid of, of death and crossing that river? And he thought for a few moments and said, well, the natural side of me is, but by faith I know my father owns that side just as much as he owns this side. So why should I be afraid? John Wesley said on his deathbed, the best thing and the best of all of it is God is with us. So through our fears, through our difficult times, we face the realities that are before us. One of the great fears of ancient people was that God would fall asleep. These were folks outside of the Jewish faith, of the Hebrew faith. And you might remember that Elijah said when they failed to bring down fire on, on the altar, Elijah said, well, maybe your God's asleep. Because he knew that our God doesn't slumber or sleep. He even said, maybe he's not asleep. Maybe he's on a vacation. And one interpretation is to maybe say that he's gone to the bathroom. So Elijah had confidence there atop of Mount Carmel. So we can com be comforted with the fact that God is not asleep. God is awake. God is aware. We know that all through the Bible uh, that there are different uh, messages where people were faced with fear. Abraham... By faith, he set out for a new land, but he was afraid that he would uh, miss the mark. But God reassured him that he would get him to that place that he needed to be. When the children of Israel were set free and Moses led them out of bondage in Egypt, and then they came to the Red Sea, and they looked back and they see Pharaoh's chariots coming. And fear gripped them after all that God had done. And Moses said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the sea parted. And they went over in dry land. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, remember when the angel came to her? What did the angel say? Fear not. So obviously, would you be afraid if the angel popped up to you one day and you know, we picture angels with wings and all the halos and all that stuff. They uh, sometimes uh, in the Bible appeared as men and women and whatever. But the big host of, of angels, when they announced that Jesus was born to the shepherds, what did they say? Don't be afraid. So 
We, we know that uh, we have to confront our fears. We pay a price when we don't deal with our fears. I was raised in a generation of the baby boomers. You know, everything bad is uh, our fault now. And there may be some truth to some of those things because think about it. When we were growing up, we lived every day thinking that we could be annihilated by thermonuclear war. There were over 500,000 bomb shelters built during that period of time in this country. We had drills. We got up under tables at school like that was really going to do some good. But, <laughs> so, but what came out of all of that fear? A generation of, you know, let's live and party and for tomorrow we shall die. And it's a complex issue, I know, but maybe from that fear of not knowing what the future holds, maybe we got a little uh, off track in the 60s and the 70s. Simon Peter in the gospel story this uh, morning, he's in the boat and there's a storm that comes up and they look out and we know we told the story last week where Jesus fed, it's called the story of a feeding of the 5,000, but it could have been, you know, 15, 20 or more thousand because the 5,000 were the men. And when you think of, besides the women, could be brothers, sisters, wives, in-laws, grandmas, and children, and, you know, nephews and nieces and grandchildren. You know, it could have been a whole lot of folks, maybe 20, 25,000. And we talked about how it was done. But Jesus was tired when he got there, and that happened. And so they go on out on the boat, and, and Jesus is going to get a little solitude. And they look out, a storm comes up, and they see a figure out on the uh, water, and they think it's a ghost. And so they're a little afraid. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. It is I. It is I. Your Savior, the one that just performed all these miracles, the one you've been following. Don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if you summon me, I'll, I'll come on out there with you. And Jesus said, come on. So Peter climbs over the side of the boat and starts out, and he walks a little bit, and then he sink, starts to sink. Now, Peter gets a lot of bad press, I think. I, how many of y'all have walked at least three or four steps on water? You have? You've walked on water? Okay, good for you. All right, so without any assistance, I, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a little bit different. All right, I mean, literally walking on water. No, so no one that I know has done that. So, you know, I think Peter did pretty good to make it that far. We don't really know what happened when he began to sink. Some say that uh, uh, it was uh, that he took his eyes off Jesus, that he realized, oh my gosh, what have I done? I stepped out here by faith and I'm going, and then all of a sudden he starts to sink when it gets the, the cognitive parts sets in, and you think, oh my, what have I done? Any of you ever been that way? And so he starts to sink. But confronting our fears, seeing that they are real, and then putting the Spirit of God into action, and Jesus lifts us up out of what we consider to be powerless and afraid of everything. And 
we hear uh, God whispering in Peter's ear, quit letting your imagination magnify your fears. The storm is furious, but I'm greater still. You know, all not one of those 500,000 bomb shelters built in the United States were ever used, to my knowledge. But God gave us a good mind. God gave us some guidelines in our lives. God gave us good sense, I hope, to confront things when they come our way. To stay out of bad situations. To not put God to the test. You see, there's a difference between being brave and bold and walking out on faith and another thing of tempting God. Did you hear me? It's one thing to be brave and bold in our faith, but it's another thing of putting God to the test. So God, we have to balance that thing out in our lives. Sometimes we just like Charlie Brown, we're afraid of everything. And we live in a society, in a world, in a time that, that uh, we, we feel uncertain about the future. I know I do. I fear for the future of, of this generation that's coming behind me. But I know that the generation before me feared for my generation. So I believe that God will always have a people. Remember I've said that over and over. And there will always be those that God will be able to speak to. And will take a step of faith. And they might find themselves sinking sometimes. But guess what? Jesus pulls them up. Pulls them through. Alexander Solzhenitsyn was the first author to alert of all the West of the horrible realities of Stalin's labor camps. And Solzhenitsyn said that once during his long imprisonment in a labor camp in the Soviet Union, he became discouraged and he thought about suicide. And someone came and sat down beside him that he had never seen before and never saw after. Maybe it was one of those angels, you know unaware. But whoever this person was took a stick and drew a cross in the dirt. And then he went away. Sometimes we just have to have faith and put and see the cross. And maybe if we've never even seen the cross and what it all means that as I was talking about uh, last week, or in the week before, that the cross, the symbols of Christ, uh, that we have to be reminded that it's not an easy thing always to be a Christian. And life isn't always fair. It's an old saying, life's not fair, but God is good. I don't know what storm of life that will come your way or may come my way. I could tell you today that there's been a lot of storms in my life, and I've shared them with you, <clears throat> some of them with you, some of them I haven't, but I've had life-threatening illnesses before, the times that I didn't know that I would live or die. Can you imagine spending your 18th birthday in a hospital with a deep vein thrombosis? 
and the doctor telling you there's a good chance that you won't come out of here? That puts a little fear in you, I can guarantee you. Guess what I did? I talked to God a lot. <laughs> so, but God saw me through that. When I was 27 years old, I had the same thing happen in the, in the other leg. And, and I'm still here. And we live through a lot of things. I don't know why I'm still here, but I know that God has a reason for all of us being here at this point of time in our life and what God wants us to do. I know that one day that we'll all face that river, that we'll face leaving this world, but we would be like Bishop Candler and John Wesley and so many of the saints that even died horrible deaths. Will we have a peace that passes understanding? Will we go through life and when those difficult times come and our faith is tossed on every side, will we stand or will we sink? Or if we start to sink, will we take hold of Jesus and pull ourselves back up and keep walking in faith no matter what comes our way? I remember talking to one of my colleagues one time and I said something to the, the effect uh, that I believe that come what may, that God is with you. And she said, well, what kind of God is that? She was a believer that I could just command through the name of Jesus everything uh, that came my way. And, 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 and it showed my faith and showed her faith. And God gave us that power. Well, if I had the power to do that, there wouldn't be any COVID in the world right now. And there wouldn't be any civil unrest in the world right now. And there wouldn't be anybody that didn't know Jesus right now. And there wouldn't be any sick people right now. And there wouldn't be any wars right now. And there wouldn't be any hunger right now. But I don't have that. And neither do you just to say in the name of Jesus do it. We have to be the eyes and the hands and the feet and the mouth and the heart of Jesus Christ in this world. And be led by his spirit and do the right things that God wants us to do. We are given so much. And it's a big responsibility and it frightens me a little bit. <laughs> it should. It causes us, you know, as a pastor, it, it, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot. And then you got folks, I got a superintendent, I got a bishop, <laughs> you know, got all of those folks that, that uh, I have to answer to. And it's, all my decisions are not just because I might feel that way. And we all have God to answer to. But in this life of faith, we have to take baby steps. And sometimes we have to pause and regroup. Sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do. Sometimes we sink a little bit. 
but Jesus brings us back up. But I want you to know that through these difficult times, God's going to get us through it. Because God is faithful. And whether or not it's on this side or on the other side, God owns this side as well as He owns the other side. And we will overcome all the obstacles of this life. And I encourage you, fear not. Come what may. Whatever we have to do to get there, we'll get there. And God will keep us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Would you stand with me as we affirm our faith to the ancient confession of our faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under the Pontius Pilate, was crucified, then buried. The third day rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, for thence it shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen and amen. Our closing hymn is when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be, number 701.
just one.